Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then, when is an apology not an apology? Can an apology be undone, for example, by a subsequent administration after one prime minister's already said sorry? These are the sort of questions that encircle and really complicate Seoul-Tokyo relations at this point as campaigners still await what they see as a meaningful apology, compensation and stance of true reconciliation from Japan. Uh, the abuse that was handed out, for example, to former so-called comfort women during the 20th century has been an abuse that uh, still tears apart the emotions of this country. We bring in now a renowned philosopher, Adam Morton, a visiting emeritus professor at the Department of Philosophy at the University of British Columbia and the author of On Evil. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good. I'm glad to be talking to you. I want to start by asking for some sort of definition of evil. When we look at the horrific acts of the 20th century, Japan was certainly not the only nation accused of this. But what defines an evil act? Uh, atrocity is, I think, a clearer concept than evil. Atrocity is when just awful things happen to people, death, rape, torture. Your average run of horrors uh, Evil is more complicated because it seems to involve motives as well. And so I suppose an atrocity could be committed by mistake that we might not call it atrocity. But when we call an act evil, we usually mean that the person's motive in performing it was somehow out of the ordinary. But that makes it a dangerous concept because uh, it makes us suppose that there are special motives by for which people do these horrible things. Well, let's look at um, the example I gave before, that of um, comfort women. Thousands yes, yes. of women from Korea and other countries enslaved sexually by the Japanese military. Um, and it, it was so systematic that when, when it becomes the norm, it, it actually almost takes a brave person then from that country to stand up to it. I guess... Uh, one is usually doing it on behalf of someone else. I mean, it's the Japanese government that is the target here and whose gestures are not taken to be adequate, because they probably are not. Uh, but the present Japanese government consists of individuals, um, who were many of whom were not alive at the time of these horrors, and so they have the role of uh, asking forgiveness for what other people did. That's difficult. It requires a very special kind of gesture. I, I want to ask about they... governments because, you know, you, you have mm. past issues like slavery in, in other countries as well. When, when you have modern-day governments saying sorry for past acts, does that um, distance the effect as well of, of the apology? I don't know if it doesn't the effect. It makes it different. It makes it different what you have to say and what you have to do and what you can, without hypocrisy, actually feel. I mean, uh, in, in your introduction, you said, uh, when is an apology not an apology? Mm. 
And the obvious answer is it's not an apology when the emotions are wrong, when, when you're just saying the words. For the emotions to be sincere, they have to be things that you can actually feel and which are vivid for you. And slavery is a good example because uh, one's apologizing for things that happened sometimes centuries ago um, by other people, uh, to other people. Uh, neither, neither the victims nor the perpetrators are, are alive today. And it's not clear what the connection is between the people doing the apology and the people who committed the crimes. Yes. Um, but I think they have, to, they have to take a stand on that. Well, they're, what makes the emotions it, they're expressing. The, the, the Korea-Japan oh. example, what makes it so interesting is that dozens of comfort women are still alive... And so even if mm. they can't have an apology from the, the people who directly carried out these atrocities, they can yes. Yes. have a sense of apology while they're still alive. Um, we do, by the way, have a couple of statements that I can refer to here. The uh, Kono statement of 1993, referring to the, that given by Chief Cabinet Secretary Yohei Kono at the time, he said, the government of Japan would like to take this opportunity once again to extend its sincere apologies and remorse to all those irrespective of place of origin who suffered immeasurable pain and incurable physical and psychological wounds as comfort women. We then have in 1995 the Murayama statement referring then to Prime Minister Tomichi Murayama and again allow me to express my feelings of profound mourning for all victims both at home and abroad um, and, and also speaks of heartfelt apology. So those statements were issued yet the victims w were not satisfied by that. They didn't feel that mm. Japan had fully atoned. W what more could Japan have done? Offered compensation, I suppose. I might suppose that were it directed at particular victims rather than the loss of honour by the Japanese, uh, it might have had more resonance. Indeed. Uh, so to make it more personal to the victims. Yes, yes. I mean, these are particular people, each suffered in their own particular way. And this, the, I, I think that statement is actually fairly eloquent, but it does make it look as if this was just a very bad policy rather than uh, something that caused thousands of people to suffer in, uh, in ways that, ha that they have in common, but which are, like all human suffering, is very individual. And what's made things even worse is that current Prime Minister Shinzo Abe seems to have stepped back even from that. And this has happened as a further insult to these women. So you must have even greater sympathy for them on that basis. Yes, yes, yes. And I wonder what the political constraints on him are. I guess it was the Murayama statement said teaching of history in Japanese schools must, must reflect these facts. But yes. Certainly the, the way things are going is the opposite what I know. Um, there's a tendency to, to bury the past in Japanese schools. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not going to help him at all. Well, so but can the, politics you know, be evil then? If, if we're talking about uh, some sort of conservatism as being behind that, is that in mm. itself a, a form of evil, even if it's very much detached from the original acts? Well, I think it is, according to my account, in, in my book... Uh, just to be self-centered, see, uh, I defined evil in terms of individuals finding ways around barriers to 
horrible action that's normally in place or often in place in human nature and in um, human life, uh, things that prevent you from mm. doing committing atrocities to people that you know well. They often the barriers don't exist to, to strangers and foreigners and people you don't regard as fully human. Yes, and. The if a political climate can create a way around our inhibitions against committing atrocities, then then that fits my schema for for being evil. Finally, Professor Morton, I just wanted to ask if you have any advice for people who've been the victims of evil through your study. Um, if an apology or if that full sense of atonement is not forthcoming. Uh, okay, here goes. My advice is to think of the individual acts as, as perpetrated by individual people uh, with a great variety of, of motives uh, and motives that they have in common with other people who've done other awful things and sometimes less than awful things. So, you know, there have been atrocities committed by Koreans against other Koreans and uh, there were Japanese who didn't commit atrocities, who... who we even shrank from them, but I think it's to try. It's maybe superhuman. It may not be possible to not see the source of the apology you need as being a particular people. I mean, in a way, that's perpetrating the bad attitude. Seeing seeing people in terms of national groups, which you can have, which you can treat in the same way. All of them. There are just millions of individual people. And and um, it's them that do awful things, and it's sometimes one can't get an apology from them because they don't exist anymore. Mm. Uh, but in any case, what you want to define your attitude towards is those individual people, thousands of them in this case, thousands and thousands. It's not exactly a handful, uh, but it's not a. It may not. If you can shift it from having an attitude to a whole nation. That's, uh, that feels different, at any rate. You may be just as outraged, you may uh, be just as wounded, you may think it's just as evil, and it probably is. But you can shift your, your thoughts about who the perpetrators are. Yeah. I think it works for Germany, certainly, when you've got uh, a very amenable current set of politicians in Germany. But when you have a prime minister in Japan who's challenging to talk to about this, mm. it, it obviously doesn't help. But uh, thank you so much for your advice, Professor Morton. Thank you very much. Adam Morton, the author of On Evil and uh, out of the Department of Philosophy at the University of British Columbia. And you can email us your thoughts, efmthismorning at gmail.com.